Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Middle of the Road, the podcast. This week, we are flashing back again to the year 2000 to discuss Mick G's... What's his real name? Does anybody know? Nobody knows. I'm assuming he Uh, uh, legally changed it to Mick G. (laughs) Mick G's Charlie's Angels. Joseph McGinty Uh, Nickel. I like Mick G. (laughs) <laughs> this was obviously an adaptation of the TV show from the 70s. This was, I guess, was the late 90s was like the kind of first boom of trying to reboot TV shows. And it was all, the. this is where this all started, basically, where we tried to use IP to make new content. Lauren picked this one for us, so I'll let her tell us why she picked it. And we'll launch into it from there. I mean, as I do all the time on this podcast, I bemoan the loss of Cameron Diaz in the movie world. And so when I was looking through movies... did not help that. No, but when uh, (laughs) looking through movies to pick, it's like, I don't know. I just remember this movie being super fun and just the chemistry between the three leads was always just... I don't know. It was a good time. It's stupid. It's predictable and everything. But it's like, still, I still just really enjoy it. It's fun. But like... Like, wire work isn't necessarily a thing I appreciate anymore as much as I would like to. We should. I mean, the problem, I'd like to have more of a weighted feel to action sequences. Like, I don't know, but it's like, I still, I enjoy it for what it is. It's still a fun time. I mean, it's a stylistic choice and it works, like the action. And I think that was one thing that really stood out to me is that this is definitely like one of the last action movies made before CGI was tried to do everything yeah uh, i mean even if you just watch the sequel they the action is lacking a little i watched them back to back today and the action is lacking in the sequel a little bit because they they still do a lot of it practically mm-hmm. but they do try to cheat with cgi that's not quite ready for prime time yeah and it, it hurts and in this it it seems pretty practical almost in its entirety I mean, when they were making this, The Matrix was c- just coming out. So they didn't have the... They didn't even go in with the mindset of making some brand new CGI spectacle mm-hmm. of The Matrix and Phantom Menace, which changed the game the year before. But I thought it looked great. And I, I don't know what happened. I, my letterbox score was a two and a half stars when I went to, to review it today and add it to my thing. And I like kind of loved it and think it's pretty amazing i mean it's really fast like i'm never bored while watching it it's fast paced uh enough that it just keeps you engrossed with what's happening even if it's not necessarily overly complicated or anything like that yeah i mean it's it's doing exactly what it wants to do Mm -hmm. at all times i could see how i think i vaguely remember just kind of the vibe and feelings around it was like it was too silly and campy and stupid or whatever but but at the but same now time, in 2019, it so, it's what we need. But but it's but it also knows at every turn it knows what it's doing. Oh, it's so like, yeah, it's so self aware. Yeah, yeah. It it's it's so meta, and it seems it seems so ahead of its time. And all the practical fights and stuff, where the three women are all doing the majority mm-hmm. of the work too. It seems. Yeah, like. I can't remember what the it was like eight months of training or something. It was or not maybe eight months. It might have been like three months of training, eight hours a day or something. Like they did a lot for this Lordy. movie to prepare for it. That's a lot, I mean, Jesus. I mean, Cameron Diaz 
is definitely doing the most it seems but drew barrymore in her big fight scene at the end is she's clearly on wires jumping up over people yeah. like 10 feet like, in the air i think my problem it's with crazy. the wire work is just like i'm all for like the um stuff like like you know the one jump in the middle of the movie where Cameron Diaz does like five kicks in the air before actually making contact with the person she's aiming at. I'm <laughs> that fine was with so that. That's cool. fine. But it's like there's a part at the end of the movie where Drew Barrymore is like hanging on something and then does like a backwards flip upwards, which is like completely impossible from like her like not standing position but hanging position. So it's just like when things happen like that, it's like okay, you've gone too far with this wire work. I don't like that. But it's like, or have they not like, gone I, far enough? <laughs> yeah, I, I think they go a little too far in full throttle. Like, yeah, like there's this one the, part the, in the beginning where Drew Barrymore yeah. is just standing, like standing and somewhere, and suddenly under slides under forward under a table, and it makes no sense. It's like, is she standing on a rug that we just didn't notice? <laughs> but that's why it's so great. It's just, it's so silly. Uh. Yeah, and I'm all for the puns in like w- double innuendos and whatnot. Oh, entendres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. double entendres innuendos. You know what I mean? I like I I liked it a little bit more this time because the first time I saw it was like a couple months back. A coworker of mine is like, I love this movie more than anybody else. You should give it a watch. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you know, it was all right. And now on my rewatch, I'm like, okay. I feel like it gelled with me a little bit more. I really enjoyed it this time around. It's yeah. It's it's so like Zach said it's so dumb but it's so like aware of what it's doing and not even just the angels but like the entire cast is so into it that you just can't like not have a great time. Yeah. And like as like, much as I don't want to love Bill Murray in this because of all the drama behind the scenes that he caused apparently. Yeah. Like, he's, he's so fun in this movie. Like his character, I like to think that Bosley's like charlie's um nephew that he had to give a job to because he's so stupid and should not have any position of power but it's like it's just well, a that, fun bernie character Mac plays bernie Mac's even better in the sequel oh yeah though, right? I, yeah but I bernie Mac is also great he leans into that too i would say one of my all-time favorite bill murray lines is buddy of mine took a fighting muffin in the chest they sent him <laughs> home in four ziploc bags like what the fuck? Like, it's so good. But yeah, I'm so bummed he treated Lucy Lou like shit. Well, apparently he and Mick G also got in a lot of fights. Just not a great set. Um, I think one of the interesting things about Crispin Glover is how he chooses movies in order to... I mean, many actors do this, but to fund their artistic pursuits outside of the mainstream Hollywood. So I love Crispin Glover in terms of I mean, he's famous for that appearance on David Letterman with where he plays like this character he made up called Ruben or something like that. Um, and it's it's Andy Kaufman-esque. It's a, it's a huge uh, homage to Andy Kaufman. Um, but then he has his surrealist uh, films and his crazy big, uh, what's the word, like, like concept albums and like interactive um, music pursuits, and I just I I find it so curious that there's an individual that kind of embodies what I guess I previously just took for granted as a as just a legendary type figure of this this artist that's so dedicated to their work they're willing to do whatever it takes in order to fund their individual visions. Okay, but what do you think of Charlie's Angels? <laughs> Uh, this is unequivocally the worst movie I've ever seen in my life, and I'm physically <laughs> incensed that I was forced to watch it. 
Yeah, but in all fairness, you've seen like five movies. <laughs> yeah, so it's you'd say it's right behind Power Rangers, like seventh <laughs> favorite movie of all time. Ben, I'm not sure if I've ever meant this more when I say it to you now, <laughs> but go fuck yourself. <laughs> What, why didn't you like the He's movie? He's so angry he didn't even aim it at your mom this time. <laughs> why didn't you like the movie? It's the like worst that? movie. I don't think I have to I don't think I have no, to justify have to. everything. Okay, I guess I do. That's the point of this pursuit. <laughs> um The writing is terrible. Every nope. every moment is terribly great. No, not terribly great. Like almost exploitative <laughs> for the fem- I, the female actresses. There's there's nothing meta about it, and if it is, it's very poorly executed, <laughs> and it doesn't. This was a movie that, like, more obvious than anything, was made to get men into a theater to watch a Charlie's Angels movie. And I say all this realizing that it's hard to it's hard to comment on this when I did not grow up with the TV show, so I don't know the tone and the context of the TV show, and I don't know I'm how pretty much sure of it this is. was this was far different from. Yeah, well, it like, but without even seeing it, I feel like is this like a Happy Madison production of Charlie's Angels? Like, is this what happens when Happy Madison gets its like stranglehold on like a common popular franchise or something like that? Like, it just it was the dialogue is like vomit inducing. The only good part in this film, there's approximately three. One of them is the action sequences. Yeah, wire fighting is like campy and whatever and there's a quote from i forget who it is that mentions that really even though wire fighting was commonplace like you guys were saying in action movies to this time charlie's angels was almost the nail in the coffin of well maybe we should go back to a traditional fighting i don't think that's true like matrix had barely been out and crouching tiger hadn't come out I think this was pretty. Oh, Crouching Tiger had to come out. That's interesting. Time. So it was a quote from I think Guillermo del Toro, who said, "Hold on, let me find it real quick." During the making of Blade, this is per the Wikipedia page because I do my research. Um, during the making of Blade Two, Guillermo del Toro commented that while films like Charlie's Angels had helped, po- okay, helped popularize <laughs> the wire foo style of fighting choreography in western films they also served as a quote nail in the coffin unquote and prompted many filmmakers to want to get back to more quote hard-hitting action the moment you see cameron diaz flying in the air and you know that she is incapable of flying in the air and kicking five guys you realize that is done using wires i mean charlie's angels was great but his fighting style was almost satirical he said and i agree in the sense that i agree that that's the point of it like the whole fucking movie that's the point the majority of movies that have action sequences have things that happen in them that cannot physically happen. No, this this is true, and I agree that it's satirical. And but it was stylized, and it was flashy, and it was dynamic. Like I and this this is honestly where McGee really shines with his directing was these fight sequences and all of those in parts, Lauren, I will agree were some of the most engrossing and fun to watch. The rest of this movie was a trailer fire, uh, more so than the Matt LeBlanc's trailer. Rest in peace, buddy, your career. I mean, but, um, although he was great in He's episodes, very successful. Career I did. I did really <laughs> like episodes. Episodes is great. Go watch episodes. But yeah, this movie fucking blows. Oh my God. The Fast and the Furious has been trying to remake the Charlie's Angels movies for the last <laughs> 10 years. 
I mean, th- yeah, this I could be fair. It, this could be fair, Zach. And in my defense, I've only seen one of them. Um, the best one, Tokyo Drift. Um, but John, why do you just put nails in your own coffin? <laughs> he is not alone in thinking Tokyo Drift. It's is so the best stupid. Fast and Furious movie. Like I, in all fairness, I. It doesn't have Vin Diesel in it. That's a big plus. No, it's not. Oh yeah, uh, that is a plus. Uh, 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 plus, alert. he's also seen two of them. He's no, seen Hobbs and Shaw. I was gonna say the spoiler would be that he shows up in the third movie. But no, it's like they have like Go a forty-seven-year-old playing a high schooler in that movie. Um, <laughs> no, this no seriously. Like I am, I am so sad this movie exists. I'm sad for I th- you. No, this is so great. I think I don't think the I don't think the movie is as male gazy as you think it is. Just because oh, it's these not, women it's, are it's weird. totally not. But the moments <laughs> got, when it happens, it's got some male gazy so stuff. So male gazy, sure. and so like no, this there is, is there stupid. is one male gazy shot, and that is oh, there's a the lot Lucy of male Lou. gazy shots. No, false. There is a no, borderline nip yeah. slip from Drew Barrymore. She licks a fucking steering wheel for some reason. Um, there's the moment it is totally where they all in context of the the absurdity of the scene that she's trying to be the sexy girl who's seducing the dumbass guy. Like, but they, the but it, the problem. Okay, but here's the problem with it. It would be absurd. I think it'd be. It would. It is the absurd. joke would have landed better <laughs> if she if she was a fish out of water. Where like if it was Cameron Diaz's character, where she's really awkward and doesn't really like kind of oblivious and ditzy like and she was trying to seduce the guy and then for whatever reason like in a spur of a moment thought decided to lick the steering wheel fine okay it's absurd but But she she's in that position because she is like the most sexual of the three of them she is who cameron diaz or drew Barrymore. barrymore Drew yeah. Barrymore's character is the one who would do something like that, and that's why. But what she's John in is saying is he prefers women who job. are not comfortable in their sexuality. <laughs> to be no, I'm saying no, I'm saying that moment in terms of absurd humor would have worked better from that point of view because it's kind of like, what is she doing? It's like awkward humor. It's like, what are you doing? Oh, you're doing the very opposite thing that you should be doing right now. In in terms of what you're saying, Zach, I don't think it lands well in terms of. This may be satirical, metacognitive, like, oh, isn't this so absurd and so, like, offense, like, not, maybe not offensive, but ridiculous. Like, the, the absurd moments, like, I get absurdity, I get surrealness, and I get that, like, type of humor, this, and the self-referential tongue-in-cheek, but nothing about, like, very few moments about this movie felt that way, and the rest of it just felt like, Hey, we've got a movie with like seventy-five amazing, well popular or well popular, um, well liked, popular mainstream actors. It's a reboot of a popular franchise, so there's a nostalgia factor. We're gonna have every single fucking hit song from alternative rock radio stations from that like year. Don't you dare besmirch the soundtrack. <laughs> what should we do about the script? I don't know. Give it to three interns and let them write it. Cool. Like it's. Ugh, oh my gosh, I. Uh, written by John August, Ed it, Solomon. No, it was written writes... by like 18 different people. The script went through no, a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> I do not think the script is anywhere near as bad it's as probably an exaggeration, but I think I read somewhere that there were like 31 versions of the script. That happens a lot. Oh, though. no, I know. It's just funny. Well, I mean, I'm just saying it because like I do not agree with John and just yeah. hearing all the drama the script goes through and then it still forms a very... Pal- oh, not palatable, but like it's still a very. I don't find it to be. It forms a barely pal- palatable. 
palatable John, film. Like John. it may like it almost makes sense that like you said, <laughs> like I want to hear more about the like drama of the writing process. Sorry. This is how passionate I am about how much I hate this movie. Sorry. I mean, sucks to be you because you're wrong. But uh, (laughs) I can't wait three years for us to do the next one. I know. But um, in terms (laughs) of the male gaze, I will say that like the thing that caught me about it was just for the most part, it was like, look at all these dumb, dumb male, like drooling males who are so easily manipulated by the female body. And so it's like there's that half. But then on the other half, it's still like. And because that is how males respond to these bodies, you should still prioritize your body. And that is the most important thing about you and not all the other like multifaceted things you have going on elsewhere below the surface. So it's it's like this weird balancing act where I have problems with it and I don't have problems with it. The women don't talk about their bodies that way, though. I, I think it would be a tougher sell if it's like whenever those kind of things were happening the women weren't totally in control of the situation. Yeah. Like, I think that does help it a whole lot. Where it's like, if they were trying to do it to escape a bad guy, I'd feel a little gross, I guess. But I, 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 I'm still not super comfortable with how much they do that, but I also, like, I get it. Like, they're, you know, these femme fatales who are using their charms to woo these simpletons. So, okay, pause, because I think... Okay, so what you're saying is you don't want us to record what you're about to say. <laughs> no, no, sorry. Okay, no, sorry. That wasn't... The, that was like, hey, everyone I mean, I'm fine one. with that. Um, what you're going to say is stupid, no. <laughs> well, because I think there's moments like that, like the car scene, which, like, parts of it were funny. Also, was there a borderline nip slip in that, like, actual, like... I thought I saw Ariel, and I was very concerned. Um, is that how you pronounce that? Areola. Areola. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> there's that one. There's the German scene or whatever. There's also... Okay, remind me to get back to the cultural appropriation that is hella offensive in this movie. At one point, Cameron Diaz responds in quote-unquote Japanese with Nihau. Like... <sighs> okay, sorry. Um, for all the white people listening and... Don't be a dick. My co-host. <laughs> that's Chinese. Okay, sorry. Um... But then also, like, there's Wait, the scene at the beginning where, like, speaking Chinese because she was supposed to be speaking Japanese. But why are you assuming she should be speaking why Japanese? Was it, why was it Japanese? Because that was the context. The person said konnichiwa, and like she responded in Japanese, and everything else in the scene, like they were at a Japanese like Shinto temple or whatever. So when she said nihao, it's just like I don't remember the line. Like, so, sure, <laughs> I can see the belly dancing I mean, stuff. I think it was played then, up as a joke, but it's not a funny one. I guess that's. Yeah, well, especially because like, like what average person is going to wreck except for Chinese people who are like one of the most populated people on the planet. Um, what average Western audience is going to recognize the fact that, oh, she's not actually speaking Japanese. haha. Well, and then also like she's supposed to be fucking brilliant as well. So it's does that play into like the fact that she's like starstruck around men or I don't know. Anyways. There's the scene at the very beginning where she's, like, dancing around in her underwear, which is, I get to a certain degree, kind of like, oh, she's she's just this, like, goofy, silly person um, who's wearing Sp- Spider-Man, like, kids briefs for whatever reason. Um, okay. But then, Don't get but then there's started also- on underwear that looks like it could be for a little boy, because I have plenty of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, but then also, there's a... 
like the slot line, like the fact that that was like one of the earliest lines in the movie, just like made my but stomach sink. But the majority sink. of the movie um, is like that. Yeah. It, oh, it didn't it's stop like, sinking. I didn't That's mind the infantilization started. of like the underwear necessarily. It was when she said she had to go number one that bothered me. <laughs> like, it's a weird character. Well, I, I, I don't like, but Just part of you know, that entire like scene that. seemed really, uh, really voyeuristic too. And then the scene I mean, girls when they're coming out of the water. Time to time. <laughs> no, this is true. This is fair. But it was like it was so in your face where it was just like, "Hey, uh, make sure we can see your ass for at least a good twenty seconds." Mm-hmm. No shame in the assets. Um, <laughs> um, <can't, laughs> um, I almost called her. I almost called her Charlize Theron. I don't know. That's uh, sorry. Not all white women look alike. I'm so sorry. You said it this time, not me. <laughs> yeah, and then there's the scene where they're coming out of the water. And, like, hey, let's go ahead and watch them coming out and also undressing to be fully nude. Like, it was just... I mean, Daniel like, Craig comes out of the water in the Casino Royale and looks real nice. And he's wearing... He's, no, for, no, And to be fair, but like, he's wearing less than they wear by the ending of that shot. <laughs> <laughs> like, nah, like, a lot less. Well, he's got, like, I the Speedo thing on. going on. They still have, like, half their wetsuits, like, up to their... Like right below their belly buttons, I, I suppose. Um, Why are you yeah, afraid so of the female body, John? Yeah, John. I'm not afraid of the female body. My search history would prove otherwise, or maybe not prove otherwise. <laughs> that was a, that was that was a joke. Gross. Was it um, though? Well, um, luckily my mom doesn't know what a podcast swan. is, so <laughs> that's really all I care about. Um, I yeah, I really don't like this movie. I'm sorry. It's okay. I don't think it's good. I like. I didn't even enjoy it for being dumb fun. And this is the person who will be watching Meet the Parents with you all in several, several, several weeks. I just, I just can't believe you're completely disregarding that they don't, they didn't know what they're doing. Like everything seems to be extremely knowing in the tone and the. the how they're representing it could people. be it no it it could be it did not play that way for me though it oh. could be that that was their intention i had the exact I, it did not, opposite reaction to you yeah. it did not feel tongue in cheek it dot it did not feel self referential it just felt bad hmm. i'm with Zach. like this might be my first half star review on letterbox well i think mine is short for something worse <laughs> mother and yes okay they were you gave this four and a half star. You are a crazy person. You are a crazy John, person. John, Zach did? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I would go top oh. three and a half, but <laughs> That's what I that's what I gave it too. <laughs> like I said, it is doing exactly what it wants at every turn. And again, the cast the cast is so good. Like Sam Rockwell, like oh good. Oh Sam Rockwell is a because Sam Rockwell is one of the most because I didn't need another reason of this to movie. love Sam Rockwell. Like, oh my god, he's so good in this movie. Ugh. He couldn't use a haircut, though. <laughs> no, no, he's good. He's good without it. Cameron Diaz. Let's just talk about Cameron Diaz some more. She is incredible. It's a False. goddamn shame, like Lauren said, that this woman doesn't make movies yeah. anymore. Why did she? I feel like you guys told me this because no I one forgot. would cast her anymore. Why? She's, she's too. She's too old and not attractive enough. Apparently. Okay, 
to be in movies. Are you kidding me? So what John said was bothering me, and I can't watch the movie, obviously, now, but in the trivia for IMDb, it doesn't say that she says Nihao. It says she said Nihongo no Shabiro no Sugai Ni, which is Japanese. Fuck you, John. Really? It sounded like Nihao. I'm sorry. It sounded a lot like Nihao. Maybe that's what she was going for. Maybe she said it wrong and no one caught it till later. I don't know. It's like the, it's like the Dave Chappelle thing where like you think they're you think they're on their, your side, but then really they're just being exploitative. I don't think this movie is exploitative in any way. I like I really don't. I think well maybe not the the most a couple of those scenes that we were talking about in terms of the male gaze um, was probably the most that I felt it. I do have a problem with like some of the cultural appropriate like. It, it just okay, but listen, like... the, the, all that stuff was them in disguise for like 0.2 seconds, and it was made during a time where literally no people, there was not any room for anybody to, to complain to have a voice about it. No, you're going to find problem. It's not okay. It wouldn't happen if they made it today. I guarantee it because they're very knowing of what they're doing, but that wasn't sadly considered a problem 20 years ago. The worst part, though, is that I will say... It's like there's literally blackface. <laughs> yes, brownface too. Oh yeah, brownface. It's like was, was she wearing was she in brownface? I was like, is um, she have in, a tan? Should this be a Trudeau moment for me? Scene, Drew Barrymore definitely looks like she has a brown face. It's like, ooh, that's not good. <laughs> but but yeah. speaking of disguises, uh the opening of this movie has made it my second favorite LL Cool J movie. Right <laughs> right below Deep Blue Sea. I just want to throw wanna, that out someone there. Explain right the above logic H two O about that scene. So this guy, he's on a plane <laughs> to be paid in diamonds that he will never like. Did he just want to see diamonds before he died? Because he has a bomb strapped to him. So it's exactly. Like, you can't. What is he going to do with these diamonds? <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> a lot of this movie doesn't make sense, and I just write it off as dumb fun. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Though I think it's smarter. I think we're doing a bit of a disservice calling it dumb fun. I mean, I, mean, it's smart, I don't think dumb, dumb fun. fun is an insult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think it can be. You know, if it's like well, for me not right now, insult, it is but not it's just like insult. it's yeah, no. yeah. I think, but I think some people can see it as like it's just putting it in like a corner of like, oh, it's kind of so bad, it's good kind of thing. But dumb fun is different. I yeah. think like I think that's the misconception. There's like so bad, it's good, but then there's also dumb fun, like the the Naked Gun movies, Airplane, this, where it's like. Yeah, the characters are stupid, but the amount of like thought that goes into these jokes and the way this shit plays out is incredible. Like I couldn't write shit that well. Not that I'm a great writer, but like it just it's very impressive, you know? Yeah, John. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Zach. Come on, leave him be. No. Where's the fun in that? <laughs> Sounds like he, he might he might have fallen asleep though again. That was that wasn't very nice. When he fell asleep what? on us, I know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's okay. I don't always agree with you guys. Like, remember when I gave a lot of crap to Annihilation and then got shit on for it? It happens. <laughs> I still, I still have like nightmares about talking about Mother. <laughs> yeah, but you weren't alone, at least. <laughs> That's true. But I mean, John. John's not alone in his opinion. Like, I was surprised to see the meta score for this was so low. It's like, oh, I enjoyed. I it. got but Robert I also, Ebert on my side. So fuck I mean, you I all. also saw this when I was Overrated. twelve. So 
It's like, I had a lot of fun with it. <laughs> but I um, think... Drew Barrymore... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, uh, Roger Ebert... Roger e- Robert or e- What? Roger. Roger. Yeah. Overrated Yes, Ebert. one yeah. of them yeah. gave it, like, I think gave it, like, a 0.5 out of four or something so it's like there's plenty of people who are very much agreeing with john in this being just a bad movie but it's not for everyone and that's that's i mean i feel like you have to be able to get on this movie's wavelength and you know yeah and if you if it doesn't agree with you from the beginning it's not going to win you over so it's like it's understandable how john was not having a good time in the beginning and then continued to not have a good time (laughs) yeah you know like, it's not like, oh, man, this movie's going to turn it around in the second act. <laughs> well, here's what I'll say. Like you said, uh, Ben, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell is in a unfittingly elevated, <laughs> like, performance. here. Like, he's almost, like, significantly menacing. And and there's there's a little bit of backstory. Like, it's not as... Like if these characters were like more fleshed out, they or if specifically his character, um, that would have been like a villain of the decade, I would think. Um, See, I always feel the villains in these movies are really weak. But I mean, and you, you, it's predictable. Maybe seeing it coming, like the double twist, if you will. But yeah, I don't know. There were moments when I was just like, "Shit, Sam Rockwell, way to bring a gun to a knife fight." Um, can I can I tell you so, my yeah. favorite villain moment? The one where Crispin Glover was sniffing the hair. God, it's so fucking weird. <laughs> it's like it's at so the stupid. racetrack, like he's been holding on to it since then. It's, it's like, so stupid, so and it's all him. Dumb. Like I read that <laughs> his character like actually had lines in the movie, and he fought to have them all removed. And like all those things <laughs> that so his character good. done is fully him. Oh, that's so awesome. What a fucking awesome. genius. Oh. What an artist. What a gentleman. Yeah. What a scholar. Yeah, they bring, they bring him, him back. back to life for the sequel, and he they give him some weird backstory yeah, they of do. why he doesn't he never talked. And there's no context for anything he's doing in the movie. Uh he even gets stabbed to death at the end, and I'm sure if they would have made another one of these, he would have shown back Probably. up. Probably that would have been amazing. <laughs> And he's just sniffing hair the whole time. It's great. Drew, um, but yeah, in the sequel, Drew Barrymore smells his hair, and it's great. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Oh my, oh my god! Gosh. But stop spoiling it. I want to watch it. God damn it! You've never seen it? No. Oh, if you like this, I mean, it's 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 a little bit too more the samey, but it's still you're gonna have, you're gonna have. A it's heightened it. though. Like I was watching it, it as like I thought I hated the second or not hated the second one, but I thought I didn't enjoy that one. But watching it, I was like, oh, this is just more fun. <laughs> I thought I always liked it more than the first one, but this first one just really jumped up a couple notches for me today. Yeah. I mean, but this, I feel like the sequel is like, it's, it's like, yes, we know what we did with the first one. Let's do more of that. Heighten mm-hmm. it somehow even more and make it more ridiculous. And it's great. Yeah. And, you know, Justin Throw, also very great. <laughs> He's got a 16 pack. Um, Although I will say after watching countless hours of jacksepticeye on youtube i don't know if that irish accent sells itself (laughs) well they since they adr'd it half the time i don't think it was really working very well (laughs) you can tell where they were dubbing it over and stuff uh i was gonna say drew barrymore who's only 25 in this movie which she just since she's been in our lives since day one since don't remind me not be named (laughs) 
<laughs> Although there's an ET poster or something in this movie. I forgot what it was. But like I read I didn't notice it at the time, but I guess the house that the little boys are in, which they're playing Final Fantasy VIII, which is not a two player game, but um I think they said that that uh house is also an ET. Yeah, some of those um some of those movies some of those neighborhoods looked like where they shot E.T. Hey, what do you think the likelihood of Crispin Glover coming on our podcast is? I think it's actually <laughs> I mean, after kind of just, high. Well, I guess you did sing his praises for this. Just no one else's. But, but no, stop inviting like people, Like, he was John. too Don't good do to it. be in this movie. Like, <laughs> I mean, him being in these movies is really weird. Um, I mean, apparently, you guys wanted... are talking about him being a weird dude, so it's perfectly normal for him. Yeah. No, I, I love it. I mean, the movie is weird. I mean, in a lot of ways, like they really lean into the weirdness. My extent of knowledge of Crispin Glover is that he was in a movie about rats. And that's all I know about him. He's in Back to the Future. I haven't seen those. You know this. He doesn't show up in the sequels because he wanted a ton of money, which seems weird that he then did this movie clearly to make some money. And they let him be weird in it. So um, he... It's good. You should listen to him talk. Listen to a podcast with him. It'll be interest interesting. Um, I keep does he talk more it. than he did in Angels? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I keep trying to praise Drew Barrymore, who I think is great and having a lot of fun and gets to do some things that she never like. She was just kind of a romantic lead at this point and got to really show off that she can be a action a guest, hero, yeah. action star, and she's convincing at it. And she's great in all of the little spy shenanigans they do as well. And same for Lucy Liu, who I think was just on... She wasn't the action star. She became to be kind of known in the early 2000s either yet. No, it's like based on how much money she made versus everyone else, she was definitely not well known at the time of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I just love, like, speaking of just the group, it's like I love that Lucy Liu's character in this movie is, like, amazing at everything. And then the other two angels are just like, they can also fight. (laughs) <laughs> like the most like memorable thing about Drew Barrymore that she brings to the team is that she can fit like she's the same body type of everyone like little boys LL Cool J <laughs> <laughs> slender man I guess <clears throat> yeah. yeah it's like I don't know I just I like that Lucy Liu's character was probably I don't know I liked her the most and I liked um I liked her time with like uh Matt LeBlanc who. Like, I mean, he didn't get a lot to do, but I did enjoy his scenes. His, You'll be Although, happy to know his haircut improves for the second movie. Oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, but his, like, the first time he shows up, well, I remember just vividly thinking, being like, Hey, Lucy Lou, how you doing? But <laughs> I just, I, God, man, I couldn't take him seriously in Lost in Space, but thank God I didn't have to take him seriously in this, so it was great, you know? Yes. I like how you're referencing Lost in Space, a movie that like three people have seen, probably. Yeah, I think it's I've four seen it. now, Zach. There's I, I've four seen of it too. us. Okay, so like That's three it. of the four we, of us at least. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Wilson, I really enjoy as well. Um, oh my gosh, he uh, he had been in a couple Wes Anderson things before this, but him and uh, Andrew Wilson played. I think was he the dumb chauffeur. And he's the cop in the second okay. movie. Okay, he sounded so much like Owen Wilson. I was like, that's yes, not Owen yeah. Wilson, but it has to be him in a weird mask or something. It's- yeah, it's their younger, okay. it's their youngest brother, yeah. Wow. Nice. <laughs> I, wow. I, I appreciate wow. the Wilson brother love here. Wow. Um, 
Wow. No, speaking of random people in this movie, I forgot that Melissa McCarthy was in this movie until we yeah. got to yeah. the like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, they had their finger on the talent of the future. Yeah. I got nothing else on this movie. Um, John's an idiot. <laughs> and uh, you should go watch this movie. Everybody likes it more. The, maybe you need to just watch it three more I times, don't, John. Was, like, was Amy <laughs> able to watch this movie, considering all the... She did not watch it with me, this, but I think she likes I it. I think, I don't know, could she have survived that um, massaging scene where there's just a foot on the guy's face? Yeah, she likes massages. But she, she doesn't just like out, feet. Probably. Yeah. Her feet looked okay. They look clean. And Lauren, nice this is a lot of specific information that you know about Zach's wife. I mean, I've known Amy that... for like 20 years. Not 20 years. Like Lauren's 15 known years. my wife longer than I yeah. have. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Wait, but Amy's uh, Amy's two years older Amy's than you, Amy's my Lauren? sister's best friend. Or like one of her best I know, but she's friends. two years. <laughs> yeah. Two years. But two yeah. years. Three yeah. years? Three years. Two years. Well, Heather's two and a half years older than me, so... Somewhere around there. That's going to do it for Charlie's Angels. Uh, this has me intrigued to. I, I'm really. I'm going to rent the new one. Like, oh, yeah. AS, I've been excited ASAP. to watch it. I actually, I'm, I'm so excited. Like, here's the one thing I will say about this movie that I think has given me hope. I think the new one's going to be fucking fantastic because it's Elizabeth Banks. She's producing it. You know who dr- produced all these? Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. You know what movie she made? Whip It, which is amazing. Oh, I. I still haven't seen it. And you know, she got she had some um roller derby in this movie or was it in the sequel Mm -hmm. maybe? It was in the sequel. sequel. Okay. But yeah. A glimpse at her future with Whippet. (laughs) I also like that there's far more representation in the new Charlie's Angels. Okay, Um, but that's like a two thousand versus now thing. You should just be happy we got one person of color out of Yeah, the but I will say something that definitely did not look good for this movie was originally Vivian. What's her last name? It's Vivian. Um, Lynch, the bad guy? Yes, the bad, the bad woman. Vivian Wood. But originally. Was that, was that not Julia? Originally, Luce? the Luce? character was Vivian Wu, but because Lucy Liu got cast as a lead, they like, changed. We, can't, they, have they, like, we can't have two Chinese women. <laughs> I mean, God forbid, we already have a blonde and a redhead. Too much diversity. Yes. She had to dye her hair to be a redhead, too. Um, next week is another flashback. 2000 again? Yes, 2000 again. To see... Does Denzel Washington direct this movie? Finding Forrester? Yeah. I do not know. I don't think so. Finding Forrester. Uh, Gus Van Sant. Sant? Saint. Oh, that was going to be my other guess. I bit my tongue. I thought it was he was legit going to be my other guess. Oh wait, is this isn't the? Oh, this isn't the. Ben <laughs> wait, Zell this movie. is a movie. This is a movie about a black kid. Did a black guy direct it? No, Zach I thought right this now. was the. What's the Denzel movie where he helps the young black man? Uh, Antoine Fisher. Yeah, that's it. That's what I thought we were watching. What the fuck is Finding Forrester? Oh my god. Wait, who has not seen this movie? I haven't. I haven't. So, Finding Forrester is a young writer prodigy finds a mentor and a reclusive author. This movie was picked by John. Yeah, it's a 2000 flashback directed by Gus Van Sant. This is coming off his Goodwill Hunting success. So, go watch Finding Forrester. I think three of us are going to maybe be watching. I feel like I might have seen this once. I just... I'm hoping that I hate it just so I can rage in John's episode. <laughs> let's all give it a one. Let's all give it a half star. Yes. We'll plot outside. The this movie's going to be my this. first five star review. 
Fuck you all. Better than Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me wherever you can find at Zach Oldenburg. And you can find us at middleofrow.com. Rate and review the podcast wherever you can get it. It apparently helps. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at the Grigsby Bear. And you can find all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. I'm Jonathan Rahul, and you're the man now, dog. I guess it was too early. Wait, you're joke. telling me that Sean Connery is the one that says it? Yes, that's why it's, <laughs> that's why it's funny. <laughs> well, I mean, it's funny, too, if someone says it to Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at another Rahul J. You can also follow us on Twitter at Middle of Row. And I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees, and you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Go watch Finding Forrester, and remember the best seats are in the middle of the road. <laughs> <laughs>